It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, we've all been there. We've all had analysis paralysis when scrolling through a food app trying to decide what to eat. Are the Toronto Raptors having a similar phenomenon, but with the players on their roster? We'll get into that on today's show. Plus, some listener questions and some Las Vegas superlatives as Katie Heidel is back from the desert. Let's get to it on today's episode. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, July the 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. As always, we're also on YouTube if you want to go support the video version of the show each and every day. That's always much appreciated. Even if you're not going to watch the videos, just hit the button and you've done your job. You've done a service to me and I very much appreciate you and all of the ego stroking that the subscriber count going up brings to me. Uh, of course, you can uh, join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. Come hang out. We got like 160 folks in there hanging out, talking ball in a very pleasant and cordial way, which is a hard thing to find on the internet these days. So come hang out. The link is in the description. Always available for new folks to join up in. Uh, let's get to it on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On, where you can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today. We are going to be talking a little about the ongoing analysis paralysis that seems to be going on with the Toronto Raptors as they try to make a decision as we moved into a day, I think, 19 or 20 of Pascal Siakam's name being on my trending thing on Twitter. Uh, we will also uh, get some listener questions for you and some fun Vegas talk with, of course, Katie Heindel, who is here, back from the desert, back from the land of the sphere. Katie, how are you? Are you recovered yet from your Vegas odyssey? I have to say, nine days in Vegas seems like a lot of time to spend in Vegas. Yeah, it was. Um, and as a result, no, I'm not quite recovered. This morning, as you know, was my first kind of like, I feel like I got a proper night's sleep for the first mm -hmm. time in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that feels bizarre. So I'm coming out of that. Uh, weird not to see the sphere. 
everywhere <laughs> I go. I really miss the sphere. The sphere is really cool. Um, Should all city skylines have an NBA yeah, sphere? sphere? Maybe. I mean, yeah. you could. It could do other things. You know, right, there was a right. moon. Somebody told me it was <laughs> an eyeball. One of my taxi drivers was really concerned. Like, it's a very photorealistic pretty gross eyeball that blinks. <laughs> it was like, what if you were in your hotel room and you were like pretty messed up and you looked down and you saw that thing? I was like, that would be a bad, that would be a really bad scene. Is the sphere, I, we should probably like, I feel like we're talking about the sphere as though it's the beam in Sacramento and like it's ubiquitous. Maybe it's not for those who are uninitiated, who didn't uh, keep an mm -hmm. eye on the goings on on your Instagram feed while you were away. Can you explain what the sphere was for the people? Out there? Yes. The sphere okay. is a giant, I mean, it will be a concert venue from my mm -hmm. understanding. U2 is going to play the first residency Ooh. inside the sphere, but it's um, covered in these like really state of the art LED panels. It costs like 2.6 billion or something to make it. Okay. So it can play video, but it plays comprehensive video. So it looks just like think of spherical things. So one mm -hmm. night it was a moon. Um, it was a big basketball often that had summer league across it. Sometimes it was many little basketballs, which that one creeped me out because it looked like a lot of eggs cascading down <laughs> the side of the sphere but it's tall like it's it's probably as tall as if not a little taller than some of the giant hotels uh, on the mm -hmm. vegas strip so you can kind of see it from everywhere and it is almost so photorealistic that it looks fake it looks kind of like a cgi rendering floating in space looks a little bit like <laughs> ar right but uh it's real Incredible. Uh, we'll talk more about the sphere in the final segment of the show, Katie. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to start off the top here. Look, nothing's happened with the Raptors. Uh, we're waiting for something to happen. I feel like it's inevitable that something's going to happen while I'm on vacation for two weeks in August. I'm just preparing for that now. Uh, so we're waiting it out. We're, you know, is Pascal going to get extended, traded? Something else going to happen? Are they going to go try to find a guard? Ayodosunmu's out there, whatever. Um, it does kind of feel like... There's a little bit of analysis paralysis, some, you know, the same thing that happens when you're scrolling through uh, Netflix trying to pick a movie and ultimately there's too much choice. So you don't pick a movie and you go to bed. Uh, <laughs> it kind of feels like that's what's going on here with the Raptors and that there are a lot of avenues they can go. It seems like they got to pick one of them, but it seems like maybe they're having some trouble landing on which way to go. That's just mm -hmm. kind of reading the tea leaves from the outside. Uh, what's your sort of read on the situation with the Raptors now? And I, and I guess the big question with this is, what is the cost of them taking their sweet time figuring out what the next move is here? And obviously, they have to have two to play ball in any trade, sometimes three to play ball in any trade. I don't think it's a lack of trying necessarily, but they've yet to declare their direction. It seems like they have to do it. What's the downside, do you think, of them taking this long to figure out what their plan is before this next season? Well, first, I do think the them dragging their feet is a result of not being blindsided, mm -hmm. but there was, I think, some palpable surprise mm -hmm. in Fred deciding to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can sort of see that in their moves since. Like Schroeder, perfectly competent, like second option kind of guy. Now he's your first option. And who's to say he doesn't step into the first option sort of role? Great. Mm -hmm. But it, that sort of struck me as like, okay, shoot, like, we need somebody who's yeah. best available. It was very Aaron Baines, come be our center after the, the, the Giannis thing didn't Yeah, happen. which again, a huge misread of the situation. Mm -hmm. In that situation, then you're like, oh, you know I'll talk about this <laughs> this specific mistake till the cows come home. But you were like, you, you took, 
you like played it too fast and loose because you were like, one of these great guys is going to come back. And both of mm. then and both of these great guys were like, you sure changed us. Peace. So same kind of situation, Mark I think, Serge, Fred. For those, uh, yeah, Marcus L. Serge Ibaka. Love him. Serge Ibaka, who's still talking about how much he loves Toronto. And yeah. Is all, what, a, what a prince. A gem. Bring back Serge. Um, <laughs> so I'll just say, I think that the trickle-down effect of that has been them having to reshape what they assumed the team would look like on the fly next season. Mm -hmm. As a result, they're dragging their heels. I think they have to make a big decision that they clearly don't want to make, which mm -hmm. is to trade Pascal Siakam. Because mm -hmm. to me, he and Fred, that's your one and two going into next season, if you wanted to keep it fairly complete, try and run it back as best you could. Um, can't do that to the same degree anymore. Also looking at all these mistakes you've kind of made and how do you recoup or, or like try and rebalance as best you can from that. I'll say Siakam's absence from Summer League, pretty notable. Mm -hmm. uh, when everybody else showed up for these like awful games at weird times. Like, I mean, <laughs> what I mean is like other superstars for other teams did um, him not being there. Gary Trent Jr. Wasn't there. <laughs> like there weren't that many people there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the cost is that, you are seen as an organization, as someone who is a little fair weather in the sense that you're trying to get the best. And I know every, like every organization is always trying to get the best out of any deal. Sure. I'll preface with that. But you are kind of trying to pick and choose and get in on all these multi-team deals when you are not in a position anymore to really demand that. Sure. Like you, 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 you don't have the same weight in a lot of these conversations, even with Pascal Siakam as an option, which like he should demand a heck of a lot of weight. I think there's like a, maybe a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths when it comes to dealing with an organization on that sense. If if you keep putting yourself up to be in multi-trade deals and then you're like, eh, actually mm -hmm. like not worth it for us. There's like being, having some scrutiny. And then I think there's just like, people are going to stop contacting you. Yeah, you know, like people are going to stop reaching out to you and trying to involve you in these things because it's, you know, is the cost worth the outcome? Maybe not. If there's other, if there's other teams willing to, I was trying so hard not to say play ball, but <laughs> play ball. <laughs> so I think those that the longer this lasts, you know, and I'll just say maybe they this is all smoke and mirrors and they've been working on one deal this whole time and just trying to get figure it out. Like we truly do not know. No, but an important thing to note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My sense of it is there's some um, decision paralysis, as you hinted at, uh, rightly so. But also, you've got to react, right? Like, you, you, you have to react to these things pretty quickly, or you're just going to be, as we're seeing right now, kind of talked out of deals. Yeah. I think, look, I'm a champion of patience, right? Like, I've talked about it on the show a million times. I think it's like the most underrated thing that a front office can have as like a virtue is not getting too panicky and not mm -hmm. overreacting and all this stuff are overcompensating. But there is a point where you kind of have to stop being patient. And that point is probably when your two best players are on expiring contracts and you have a pretty clear decision to make. And I don't even necessarily think that trading Siakam is the only decision here. I, I mm -hmm. think there is a very credible argument for the all-in move if you are looking at trading Scotty, or if you're looking at more of a sort of, can we reassemble this thing around our two most talented guys in Scotty and Pascal by moving OG? Like, I think there's a lot of different avenues they can go down, and there's a lot of analysis of said avenues to be done before you pull the trigger, but at some point, 
you got to just make a call. And it, it does feel – and look, it, it's totally possible that something happens in two weeks and it's been worked on all month and we are sitting here like talking about a, a thing that's not even really all that it's true. Off but, season. That's yeah. off-season MBA. It is. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it does feel like there's just this sort of growing um, – like just stasis to it all that I don't think they can afford when they have OG and Pascal's expiring contracts. Like, I think you have to figure out, you know, this is informed by Fred leaving as well. You just said they were surprised by it. They were a little taken aback, but you can't be surprised by it going into another year by having guys as pending free agents. I think typically I've been totally fine with them going into free agency with pending UFAs because historically they've done a good job of keeping them. But it's a different thing when you've just lost Fred for nothing and you're staring on the barrel of potentially losing one or both of OG and Pascal in a year's time as well. Mm -hmm. You have to change your thinking. You have to be a little more proactive. And again, totally possible that something proactive does take place here in the next little bit. But as it stands right now, none of the reporting coming out from anyone who's in inside the league is suggesting that there is a proactive move in the works and that you know we might be kind of in, the, in for the long haul of a wait time here. And the downside, I think, is that uncertainty you go into the season with and do you kind of, from Jump Street, make it feel all weird and uncomfortable again, which is kind of what the problem was in large part last year. Um, I think we can leave it there for now, Katie. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some questions from the sickos. We got some great ones from the Discord. We'll get into those in just one second. Uh, questions about fan favorites for next year. Questions about Ayo Desunmu. Uh, wide range of topics we'll get to before we do that, however. Got to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And you can take your first swing at betting Katie's favorite sport, baseball, on FanDuel right now. Get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in tonight's Jays game against the San Diego Padres. They don't hit very many home runs, so maybe pick someone who's not a Blue Jay if you're going to make that bet. Either way, it's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Use uh, Go and visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we are along with uh, baseball fan Katie Heindel. Uh, sorry, I always do that when you're not there to defend yourself and your disdain for the sport of baseball. Uh, apologies for that. But uh, <laughs> 
Katie, uh, let's dive in here. A reminder that uh, you know you can let us know in the comments if you're an everyday listener of the show. We always like to know who those people are because those are our very, very favorites. So let us know if you're an everydayer in the comments. Uh, and uh, again, a reminder, you can go check out all of our stuff. We've got lots of podcasts from the last couple of weeks talking about a lot of the same stuff we've talked about already today, but just in a different framing. Uh, go do that. Vivek Jacob on tomorrow as well if you want to you know, make your little appointment to tune in on Thursday. But Katie, it's Wednesday. we got listener questions. Let's get to them. Uh, first question here comes from our pal Skip to my Lou in the Discord asking, how would Io Desunmu fit with the Raptors and how would he impact the Raptors' defense in particular? Uh, reporting yesterday from Dan Bernstein at 670, the score in Chicago says that Io Desunmu probably not coming back to the Chicago Bulls. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, you'd have to work out some sort of sign-and-trade situation, most likely if you're the Raptors. Uh, how that all comes together, who's to say? Is it like a Chris Boucher situation? Is it a Precious Achua situation? Plenty to be sorted out there. But uh, you look around the league at teams that need guards, and the Raptors are basically the only one. And so it stands to reason that arguably the best available guard on the free agent market in Desunmu would potentially be a target of the Raptors. Uh, Katie, where are you at with Io as a potential Toronto Raptors? point guard solution this is a deep summer cut kind of question oh this is a july <laughs> kind of, 19th ass question yes <laughs> and that i don't know like dude i don't know sure i think like everything you've laid out is great obviously you're gonna go after somebody like that if like this tyler hero rumors or whatever they are do not this is like a you have to give up less to get this person right or sure. maybe you just yeah. sign them so yeah <laughs> I'm like fine. <laughs> to me, it also seems like one of these one of these questions, and this is nothing against the person that asked it because I get like wanting to try and reframe your perspective on the team from these other big these like big the big thing that we are talking about over and over mm -hmm. and over again that we don't have any more details on. Mm -hmm. But it's like if your boat has like multiple jagged puncture wounds in it and you're just in there with a little cup. Because it's not, it's fixing a problem. A cup but in it's, the shape of Io Desunmu. Yeah, and it's not, <laughs> but it's not fixing like the big problem and it's not speaking to like the larger disconnect afoot. Sure. So mm -hmm. to me, yeah, it does actually seem like somebody, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster would target. It seems like someone who um, fits, he fits very well into mm -hmm. their ideal kind of player and the things that they look for would be a nice get. Seems like a lovely person. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> it to me it's just it's they, they're not gonna actually you know what maybe they will i'm like they're not gonna do that until they do this other thing but maybe mm. they actually will because maybe they are also in the position of trying to bail out the boat uh, well here's the thing Katie, by not addressing one way, the puncture wounds <laughs> one way or another this team needs guards uh yes. they don't have really any of them right now there's dennis schroeder and there is Gary Trent Jr., who's more of like a wing in spirit than anything else. And then there's, I guess, Scotty Barnes, who they're going to ask to play point a lot. And that, I don't think, is the best way to go forward with Scotty Barnes on account of he does a lot of other good things beyond just play point guard, which he doesn't do especially well right now. A guy like Io, 23 years old, has at least some good shooting on his track record, 38% as a rookie, down to 31% last year. Uh, but as a rookie, like he kind of helped keep that Bulls season together after Lonzo went down and made them so they had like credible guard play. He's a really good scorer at the rim, like 69% shooting at the rim in his career. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about Iowa. I think his defense would be uh, really excellent. If you had like a 1-2 defensive punch of Schroeder mm -hmm. and Dasunmu as your defensive point of attack guys, might not do better than that in the entire NBA. 
Still think the offense would struggle. I don't know if Io's ready to be like a run 100 pick and rolls a game type of guy or anything like that, but uh, he certainly is, is a guy who can shoot and ha- can dribble, which is a thing the Raptors sorely need. So I'm I'm in on it. I'd even you know entertain the idea of moving Precious Achua for him. Like I, I think he would be a nice enough addition. Do, do I move on a first round pick to make a sign and trade happen? Probably not. But um, like he's probably below that sort of Emmanuel quickly tier that I've established as my first first round pick target. Real but, despo yeah. hours. Katie. When we're like, this guy kept the Bulls together last season. (laughs) Last season's Chicago Bulls. Do we remember how that fair point? A pretty fair point must be said. (laughs) Oh yeah, yoy. Let's get to another listener question here. This one comes from Duncan from the Discord. Again, if you're in the Discord, you're gonna get your questions answered. That's just the way it is. Get in there. Uh, We've yet to see our pal Freddie Rivas join the Discord. Uh, We've not seen his questions appear for a while. If you think I'm messing around. I'm not. Uh, this one comes from Duncan. If the current Raptors offseason could be summed up by an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which one would it be and why? Katie, uh, you're a bit of a musical theater fan, correct? As a child, I really enjoyed it. Okay, right Again, on. A few select, um, including the one I'm going to pick. Okay. Which I think I've seen like four or five times. Oh. But Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Okay, give me the, the um, give me the rundown here. Well, like Masai is pulling this is the Phantom. Masai <laughs> and or Bobby, you're right. They're pulling the strings behind the scenes. Uh huh. Um, they are trying to manipulate. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who our like Christine, like our heroine is, who mm-hmm. finds who's like basically has to like make a deal with the devil to right. which is the Phantom mm-hmm. to make her a better singer. To turn like a little bit evil. So Jakob Purtle committing to four years on a team. It might be at this point kid. when he's being asked to give up his like, you know, it's like you gotta be okay with your one of your best friends getting cut loose, you know. <laughs> he might go. Like, but what does it mean for you? Which I feel like is how they may be selling same with Gary Trent Jr., these guys that they've that they signed before well, they had this pre-plan in place, but now we are post that plan. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't look like that anymore. So what you're trying to convince these people on, as well as convince people you're trying to sign, is like, yeah, you know, it was that way, kind of rosy and nice. Mm-hmm. Now it's a bit darker, but imagine what it means for you and your game. And it just feels dramatic. I just feel like you could get like a harpsichord going, um, like some candelabras falling down on somebody's head and like a tragic tragic accident Mm -hmm. i feel like we're there i also feel like i need more sleep but maybe that's the perfect way to (laughs) answer this question (laughs) i'm gonna go with uh joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat uh you know uh, i met uh, i met him after that show donny osmond you did wow yeah at the former marche restaurant beside the hockey hall of fame when i was a kid and i got his autograph and then was kind of excited, but also at the restaurant at the same time, if anyone remembers, DJ Tarzan Dan. <laughs> I forget which radio station he DJ for, and I was like, that's Tarzan Dan. I'm more excited to meet him than Donny Osmond. Hey, fair enough. Uh, so I've not <laughs> seen the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I've seen the movie. I didn't uh, know there was is... a movie. Yeah, it's not good, uh, <laughs> which is why I, this is my answer in that it was kind of nonsensical to me. Didn't really have any sort of through line of plot or, or sort of like 
notable things to kind of tie it all together. There was a lot of just like random musical interludes that weren't really tied to the story. That's that a kind of feels like all of the plans <laughs> for the off season. Yeah. Uh, also, this is a movie about like sibling strife and like <laughs> uh, like trying to kill your brother and stuff, which feels a little bit like what the Raptors vibe has been over the last year or so. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I guess in this case, like. I don't know. Who's Potiphar, the rich dude? I guess that's Masai is Potiphar. I, I don't know. Um, I, look, did I finish the movie? No. Do I know how it ends? No. But I, I think uh, for the most part, the vibe is pretty on point in that it's pretty nonsensical and full of uh, disturbed vibes and uh, relationships between those who are traditionally thought to be close. Let's uh, do one more quick one here, Katie. Okay. This one comes from Skip to My Lou. We'll get to more of your questions on tomorrow's show with Big V, by the way. But Skip to My Lou asks early predictions for Raptors fan favorite in 2023 24. This might have been like an absent year this past season. Like, I don't remember anyone really being like, oh, yeah, let's watch this guy today. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but it felt like everyone was mad all the time last year. Is there an early prediction you have for a fan favorite within the Raptors ranks? Yeah, I've said it already. I think Marquise Noel could be mm -hmm. a fan fave just based on the effort and energy alone i mean mm -hmm. he's certainly a fave of mine watching at summer league mm -hmm. um i think there's less pressure and like this is honestly nothing on scotty barnes but someone like grady dick there's less pressure on him to live up to these kind of top five pick standards 100%. false standards i will say um and he's shown he's a bit of a goofball he's a showboat he's also seems like a really good like head on his shoulders, kind of down to earth dude. Also, I'd seems also like assume a theater he kid. at one point was in an Andrew Lloyd Webber yes. musical recreation at some point. I've been told like <laughs> he's a theater kid, uh, uh -huh. and I believe it. So I think like naturally, all those things together, he'll he'll be a fan favorite because you can root for him and and not feel let down by him. And I like I hate saying that because I don't think that's fair for anybody, but. I think that's probably what's going to come to fruition. Um, There's no way Grady Dick hasn't once played Mr. Mistopheles in a Cats uh, <laughs> production, I think. Yeah. But I think the those two guys, and, you know, it, it's fitting. They're also such, they're kind of like the movie Twins with Danny DeVito mm -hmm. and Arnold. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're they're sort of like a an odd pair, mm -hmm. but they also were rivals, you know, and they yeah. now get along very well. I think they're going to get much time playing together. But they, you know, are on the same squad. And uh, when fans get to see, if Marquise gets to come up, play some minutes with the Raptors, I think fans are really going to love that. Yeah. I think Grady's a really good call. I think he, his his style of play is also very unique on the Raptors. And they haven't had a guy like him in a very long time. I think people mm -hmm. are going to gravitate towards that. Um, just like a guy who can hit threes off the move. What a concept. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's uh, that's very, very likely. I I'm hoping there's a little bit more uh, fan joy to be had this year. However things go, uh, a little bit lower expectation should behoove everybody, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully some more fan. I think Jalen McDaniel's sneaky as well. I think he's going to okay. be a, a fun little player. Uh, and Precious Achua always, because, of course, the poster coaster is everybody's fave. 
We're going to leave it there. Katie, we'll come back to the side, get into some Las Vegas superlatives with you, someone who just spent more time in Vegas than I think 95% of the population ever would dream to do. I'm very excited. We'll get to that in just a second. Before that, however, make sure you go and check out Locked on Blue Jays, our pal Craig Ballard covering the Bluebirds as they move into the second half of the season. Trade deadline coming up, uh, big series coming up over the weekend against Seattle, all that good stuff. Go check out Locked on Blue Jays wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We we know Katie's tuning in. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's, uh, I don't know why I'm tormenting you about baseball today. But I was here this time to breaks. at least just be like, mm. <laughs> Not for me. Um, let's get into some Vegas superlatives, shall we, Katie? I have five little, uh, little things to throw at you. I want to get your reaction to each of these. So uh, we're going to run through. We'll talk a little about them. Pretty simple. Katie, the first superlative question I have for you is, what is the most Vegas thing you saw or encountered during nine days in Vegas? I know this is a big, broad one to start with, but yeah. what was the most Vegas thing you saw? I mean, it might be this fear. Yeah. Yes, because that's mm -hmm. very much like Vegas, just when you're like, all right, they've got all their attractions done. They've got, no, you know what? It's the F1 construction. Never Ooh. mind. That's a good one. That's and good. having all of my, all the, the drivers still thinking about them, cab drivers, Uber drivers, just like living with this <laughs> and how it took 20 minutes to make one left hand turn. Sometimes <laughs> uh, it was a nightmare. They're putting down that special track for this three day event that I understand is like, four, is happening like four years in a row, but mm -hmm. still it's a car race. <laughs> And I learned that one of the bleacher seats, because they're erecting bleachers in front of Bellagio, costs $11,000. Totally normal. F1 is a bizarre sport. I like Drive to Survive just fine. It feels uh, it like, feels like the wrong too place well -moneyed. to do this, but that's why. It's like there's so much money involved. Mm -hmm. You're tearing up the ground. The strip is going to be closed for three days, which like... Prayers that out to the people who are on the highway side of the strip because you can't get to those hotels if mm -hmm. the strip is closed driving. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that felt to me like the biggest kind of Vegas uh, quagmire and just like event happening. They might have Not to basketball build related, sorry. <laughs> you know how in like Alberta they have uh, like land bridges that go over the highway so the wildlife can go They've over? They've got a couple hit. like pedways, yeah, but they're okay. very, they're not like every hotel does not have them. It's like right. every three blocks and three Vegas blocks are like the size of some small cities. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, more land bridges for the, the gamblers, please, yeah. I think is maybe what's in line here. All right, next one here, more NBA themed, Katie. Mm. What was the coolest NBA celebrity interaction you had while down in Vegas? It's got to be something. Uh, let's see. Karis Avert held a door for me. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what a gentleman. Yeah, it was very nice. I'm trying to think <laughs> of like, I went to, um, I'm not going to talk about, I went to a clutch party one night, Ooh. but I just realized I can't talk about the 
questions that I had there. You um, signed an NDA when you walked in? No, it just doesn't feel like right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, the, the Vegas interaction. Hmm. This sucks because I'm tr trying to think of on the fly what's fine to talk about. <laughs> what's not so good to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, saw my white whale of Summer League, which is Bill Burtka, who the very first Summer League I ever attended, We he and I were in the elevator. Summer League has a really tiny, at the arena, there's a very tiny elevator you take from security level, one floor to concourse level. It mm -hmm. is where I've had the most wild interactions, met some of the people where it's like, I never would have met you if like, <laughs> anyway, first, sum first summer league was in the elevator with him, this older man wearing a million championship rings. Hell yeah. Carrying a stack of binders. And I was like, I who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Sat beside him. Always see him, sat beside him this year during, for some reason he was watching a Raptors game. <laughs> um, Why was anybody watching Raptors Summer League who's not part of the Raptors media? Yeah, <laughs> uh, was too shy to introduce myself. Though every single person who was somebody goes up to this man and is just like, how are you doing? What can I get you? Because he, he's quite old. But I just... 95, Bill yeah. yeah. Stalin in this way helped me think of the actual best interaction I had, mm -hmm. which was seeing Quinn Snyder... Making eye contact with Quinn Snyder after I'd left Raptors practice, which I will say Raptors did a great job setting up that ballroom, mm -hmm. those ballroom practice courts, just like in the wind. What a beautiful place to go practice. 24-7 access. Mm -hmm. They're doing yoga. They're practicing in there. They got their gym in there. It was great. Left practice one day, walking to the front of the wind, going to go back to my hotel. Uh, kind of a, a bit tired, a bit drained, you know? Not really sure what I can get up to looking at my phone, look up at some, just had a feeling like you should look up now, look up, lock eyes with Quinn Snyder, flanked by assistants, also with stacks of binders. <laughs> Sean, it felt like a defibrillator was taken to my <laughs> heart. I'm not even, this is, I know this is like super lit of time, but like, this is not even being dramatic. Mm -hmm. I've never felt such a jolt of electricity in just locking eyes with somebody. Yeah. Um, and like sustaining it until we were too, you know, now I'm like, you should have like smiled or something, but it also didn't feel appropriate, you know, <laughs> but Quinn at the wind was probably Quinn at the wind. It's probably up there for me. Love that. Uh, let's go uh, another Vegas -y one here. I got two more for you quickly here, Katie. Best slot machine. <laughs> this one's very easy. Actually, no, this one's a tie, but, um, I love both these machines. One finally unleashed its like deeper mysteries to me this year was just the alien slot machine uh, in downtown Las Vegas. This machine's got to be 30 years old, mm -hmm. kind of busted, mm -hmm. but I got finally the alien egg bonus, which I've been chasing for years. <laughs> when a bunch of disgusting eggs open on the screen and runner up just cause he wasn't as kind to me, but I feel like he is a very like steady in presence and sits right beside the alien slot machine is also 30 years old is the Kenny Rogers, the gambler slot machine. Hell yeah. The best thing Does about it play the song. Yes. That we're it plays all thinking song, of at all times. It kind of plays this like when it's like the wheels are spinning or whatever, it plays this kind of, it sounds like a train and then it's like very train locomotive motif. So there's always like a whistle like boo, boo, going off when you spin, mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. cash out, whether you've won or lost or whatever, he says, seems like, you know, when to fold them, which is the most, <laughs> kind 
And it's like it's the only machine that's not going to guilt you for stopping yeah, the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a healthy gamble. gambling habit. Yeah, yeah. uh, if there can be one, machine. it's yeah. that. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one. We'll go back to Raptors. Uh, favorite Raptors summer leaguer to chat with? Uh, I chatted with Marquise for a while. Mm-hmm. I chatted with Marquise after he just left the um, NBA 2K imaging trailer. Okay. Like in the basement. <laughs> Did he arena. have all the little like white bulbs on him? I think inside he did because it took okay. some time. Um, I guess so that yeah, he wouldn't like walk around with those after like souvenirs, I suppose. No, <laughs> and he, he came out. He was like a little bit dazed, um, and it was just after watching him have like a pretty good explosive game. I'll say as bad as those early Raptors games were, it was mm. still kind of a treat to watch this guy, um, Tasmanian Devil himself, like up and down the floor. <laughs> uh, so we just sat down in this weird part of the bowels of between the two arenas. Um, I had a really lovely chat. Seems really thoughtful. Um, seems like he is super excited to get back to Toronto because mm-hmm. he wasn't here that long post-draft. Um, yeah, I really uh, I really enjoyed chatting with him. That's amazing. And uh, Ron Harper Jr., I have to say, but he's like a, a holdover phase from last year. I love Ron, too. Big Ron. Mm-hmm. Give him a two-way just to have him for the sideline Give him a two-way. if nothing else. Also, and a couple big-ass dunks. Yeah, a little bonus for you is watching the second... Was it first or second game? It's really all blurring together. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting beside Eric Green of mm-hmm. The Athletic. Uh, wondered aloud at Ron Harper Jr.'s contract. He turned to Doug Smith. He couldn't figure it out. Eric goes, Bobby, who's sitting right in front of me, which I hadn't blocked <laughs> yet. He was like, what's up with Ron's contract? And then Bobby goes, looks at us, and he's like, ask his agent, taps his agent, sitting beside Bobby. His agent <laughs> turns to me. And at this point, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like this has gone a couple of layers deeper than I wanted to. So I said, uh, I just want I just want what's best for Ron. And his agent was like, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful way. A great high note to close out this episode on. Katie, thank you so much for uh, trying to remember all the stuff you did in Saw in Vegas. I know it was probably very Forgetting hard. Getting more than I'm remembering. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, I think that's what Vegas is supposed to do to your brain. I think that's kind of Vegas succeeding in, uh, in, in its charms. Katie, uh, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Obviously, you got Basketball Feelings, your annual Summer League Dispatch, but anything else people should keep an eye out for? Uh, yeah, Basketball Feelings, where I did try my best to recap this and a little bit beyond what you and I talked about. That's on Basketball Feelings now. Um, I will have some more in-depth writing uh, on Summer League, a couple profiles uh, at Yahoo Sports Canada shortly. Um and this is within the Lockdown Network. I will be going on Lockdown Blazers uh, yeah. Thursday to chat about Damian Lillard, specifically the concept of what someone like Damian Lillard owes, quote, or doesn't owe anybody, and what that concept, how that concept has perhaps warped some basketball brains. That sounds lovely. Sounds like you're the exact person to talk with our pal Mike Richmond about that. Everyone, go listen to Lockdown Blazers with our pal Mike Richmond and, of course, Katie later this week. You can uh, support this podcast by following, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Go to the YouTube channel, hit the big red subscribe button, all that good stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, join the Discord. The link is in the description. Come hang out. Uh, that's where you're going to get your mailbag questions asked. We'll do some more mailbag questions tomorrow with Vivek as well. And uh, looking forward to digging into some of those. If you haven't yet, go check out yesterday's show where Asad Alvi and I talked about the Raptors' position and uh, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Asad was great. So go listen there. And uh, in the meantime, have yourself a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to you Thursday. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.
Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.